Good morning, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and this is your weekly forecast for the week of June 3rd to June 9th. Um, happy New Moon, everybody. Uh, I wanted to take an opportunity this week to launch a few new uh, creative and uh, informational endeavors and share with you a few new um, ways to, to absorb some content from Spencer Michaud Astrology. Uh, so here we're seeing a brand new um, Facebook page that I launched uh, at the new moon. And uh, make sure you get, go give it a like and share it with your friends and whatnot. There's a button here for booking a reading if that's something that you'd like to do. Getting a personalized astrological transit or natal reading can be very uh, helpful when you're trying to navigate all these, you know, wa waters that we're trying to wade our way through here in the weeks ahead. Um, so check that out. Uh, I've also started a new Spencer Michaud Astrology SoundCloud page uh, if you want audio-only versions of um, my offerings. You can see here there is an uh, audio recording that I did with Adam Ellenboss earlier this month uh, on the astrology of June 2019. Adam is a, of Night Light Astrology is, is a, one of my teachers and a good friend, and he was kind enough to invite me on to analyze the astrological transits of June 2019. So you can kind of hear our overview of the month uh, on, that, on that particular offering. Um, and I thought today I would do a kind of a little bit more of a, I don't know, weekly type of thing where I'm focusing on a few planetary ingresses and talking a little bit more in depth about some of the tarot cards that are association, associated with the decans of each 10 degree section of the zodiac. Um, so yeah, Check out the Facebook page, the SoundCloud. I have a website, spencermichaud.com, if uh, you're interested in reading previous articles and whatnot. So that's what I've got here. I'm going to show you now the chart that I have here. Hold on a sec. Boop, there we go. Uh, this is a program called Astro Gold. And this is the Mac version of an iOS program. I've been using a Mac iOS um, mobile program that I have for my iPad and for my iPhone. Uh, it's made by the same company that has brought you SolarFire. I actually do have SolarFire for my computer, um, but it is a Mac, so I'm having to run it on what's called a Windows Parallel, since right now SolarFire is a Windows-only program. And that was chewing up a lot of my computer processing power and making it very difficult to, to do videos like this. So I'm testing out Astro Gold today. Like I said, I've been very happy with the, the mobile versions when I go do readings at expos and at different uh, metaphysical stores and whatnot. I bring my iPad with me and, and do readings from there. It doesn't have every single feature that I would like. I would, I would be interested in some more um, traditional features like some more lots and whatnot, but but it gets the job done and it, it's very uh, aesthetically pleasing. It's got some very nice graphics here. You can see that everything's very clear and whatnot. This is the clock feature that I have on right now, which is kind of in real time moving around. And we're going to kind of take a little bit of a tour uh, on this, uh, this week, basically. Um, just to review a little bit, and I'm sure you're already experiencing it now, um, 
I want to say this is my second attempt at making this video today, uh, or, or this week actually. I, I did one yesterday, and, and the um, <laughs> as Mercury was changing signs from Gemini to Cancer, uh, and I was told that that was the the anoretic degree, a very sensitive point where Mercury is kind of wrapping up some business uh, from the last cycle. Everything kind of went haywire. I had a forty-five minute um, video that I had had crafted that I thought was pretty pretty articulate and whatnot. Um, and then the, the audio was corrupted Max Hedrum style, uh, like in the 80s where I was like, let, 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 you know, doing all that kind of thing. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about with that is uh, some of the energy in the air right now, and especially the Cancerian energy that we're experiencing, um, is a lot about, you know, maybe taking a, a sideways step, uh, two steps backwards before you go forward and finding the the perseverance that you need to, to work through these things. We've got a beautiful um, Cancer moon today. We've got this whole lineup here. Uh, Mercury, the, the moon, Mars, and uh, Rahu, the north node, all in the sign of Cancer. And I posted a, a, a funny little uh, meme type of video on my Facebook page last night with these, um, I think, Samoyed puppies all running on a treadmill. So, uh, I thought that was an interesting lineup. These are all all these these uh, planets have taken on like this uh, this guise of the, the the fluffy puppy, so to speak. Um, yeah, I don't know if that's exactly accurate for Mars and for Rahu and whatnot, but I'd like to think of them as wearing um, puppy outfits at this point and, and getting all mushy and squishy. Um, so so yeah, we're uh, experiencing all this Cancerian energy. We had the new moon uh, on Monday. If we're just going to start on Monday, just to give her a little bit of a view for the week. Uh, new moon on Monday at 12 degrees, Gemini. And one of the things that I had talked about in my um, video with Adam Ellenboss was this, the associations with each 10 degree section or decan with a tarot card. This is something that I learned from a, a wonderful intelligence astrologer named Austin Kopic and his book, 36 Faces, that you can see right here. Uh, this book is currently out of print, unfortunately, but I'm, I'm hearing that there will be a second edition coming out soon, so please be patient, and in the meantime, try not to be too jealous of the copy that I have here in my house. <laughs> um, but anyway, so yeah, he, uh, he talks about the different decanic associations, and this is not something that is completely new. This is uh, something that Aleister Crowley was... Um, putting forth and the golden dawn we're talking about associations with the uh the, the decans and the different um cards of the tarot and one of the theories that i started to formulate or connections that i made was with uh the the signs and the thema mundi which is the the natal chart of the of the world the ancients thought there was a birth chart of the world and it started with cancer in the first house as the ascendant, and then the different zodiac signs were placed in the different houses uh, in order. And Gemini, uh, right here, if we flip this over one, I'm, I'm going to leave this for now, but if we flip this over, Gemini would have been placed in the 12th house of the Thema Mundi. And the 12th house in traditional astrology was called uh, Bad Daimon, or Evil Spirit, uh, and that was something that was associated with uh, kind of a little um, conscious on your shoulder, like a little demon, daimon, demon, 
on your shoulder that was kind of whispering in your ear and pulling you off course. It was associated with shipwreck. Uh, it was associated with mental health and things like that. Large animals. Um, that's an interesting uh, association it had. Uh, but it's kind of a, it's a cadent house. So it's pulling away from the angle of the house by primary motion. And I'll annotate this here. So if this is our angle, it's pulling this way by primary diurnal motion. See that? If we look at the chart and how it spins, it spins in this direction. There's two directions in the chart. One is primary motion, okay? This way, daily, the daily motion. And then there's another one that's zodiacal. So we have zodiacal motion that goes this way through the order of the signs. And there's this constant push and pull of those two different directions. And some of the house meanings were based on the interaction or the interplay between these two uh, primary and secondary motions. So if we talk about the 12th house here, it's being pulled away from the angle. So it's pulling us away from our sense of self, from our power center. Uh, it's a little bit of a place where if we think of this as the horizon, the eastern and western horizon, it's in that place where things could be obscured Okay, there, there, there's, it's a hidden place. It was called the place of secret enemies. And sometimes that secret enemy is ourself or our own, uh, the voices in our head or our own self-talk. Um, so that's something I wanted to, to talk about with the 12th house in Gemini. And I want to show you the three cards that are associated with that today. I'm going to stop this share for a second. And here we're going to see three cards that are associated with the three decans of Gemini, the eight, the nine, and the ten of swords. And if you're listening on the audio only, uh, we, we see various fig figures in various forms of uh, confinement or anxiety. In the eight of swords, we see a, a, a woman who is bound and surrounded by swords. She's blindfolded. Um, they're loosely tied, so they may, she may be able to escape them if she realized that they were so loosely tied. Uh, in the second card, the Nine of Swords, we see a figure that's lying awake at night uh, in, it, in his bed, potentially having a nightmare with his head in his hands. And then in the third decan of Gemini, we see a figure with ten swords uh, sticking out of its body, uh, you know, dead on the ground, although he is holding up two fingers to say, hey, I think I've got this. Uh, don't worry, it's going to be okay. But they're fairly heavy cards. And uh, they, they do, to me, speak to some of the associations with the 12th house. Um, a lot of the times people with prominent 12th house placements uh, can be sometimes their own worst enemy. Um, I happen to be one of these people. <laughs> I have a 12th house sun and 12th house mercury. So there's times in my life where I may be making some forward progress and then either events happen that may be out of my control or there's some, you know, some things floating around that, that kind of pull you off track every once in a while. And I think that uh, one of the things that we see with this new moon is we've got this, this nine of swords card, the anxiety that's created by potentially having too many choices. One of the things I wanted to talk about with the new moon, and I'll, let me share my screen here again, uh, is there, the moon is a, is a trigger. Uh, every, every point the, the ancients thought of the planets as deities that were giving testimony, witness and testimony on the fate of an individual. So it was like they were having a conversation with one another about 
what kind of events and what kind of forms were going to manifest on this earthly realm. And the planets themselves were said to be the emissaries of those deities. So they were the omens of that, giving kind of the, the timing. Um, so if you think about this chart as this big courtroom, cosmic courtroom, or this big community of individuals who are having a, a conversation, the moon is the one that's kind of coming around and triggering all of these different conversations. I like to, I've described it in the past as the, um, the cylinder of a music box. And you can see that there's little uh, pins on the music box that when it spins, it triggers the uh, tuned notes of the music box and, and plays the song. So the, the, when the moon spins around the wheel, it's like those little pins that are triggering these planetary notes. And we can see that today we're going to be triggering Mars, which should be fun. We'll talk about that a little bit. But at the new moon, if I back up for a minute, at the new moon, there we go. Oh, we're going back by hours. There we go. How about by days? Okay. So at the new moon on June 3rd, we were seeing the moon was, was triggering the, the sun here. And it was a, a sort of a rebirth of this new this new energy, okay? Um, a lot of times we talk about planting seeds at the new moon and setting intentions. Um, I think that that's okay to do that. I don't know if that's exactly the way that, that it works, though. Uh, I think that you can definitely practice uh, some sort of ritual of that nature. Uh, but what I think that it really is doing is it's triggering a whole new cycle or a whole new set of circumstances and some of them may be under your own uh, intentions and controls, and some of them may be cycles that are, that are outside of your own will. So I think it's important to remember that, you know, if things are coming up, they're not necessarily always, quote-unquote, your fault if you haven't thought positively enough or things like that. Of course, it's nice to have positive thoughts and intentions, um, but sometimes it, there, are, there are actions out in the world that, are just happening. There's, the wheel keeps on spinning, and we're not just the complete centers of the of the universe all the time. There's there's everybody else is having an experience too, and all those experiences are interacting. So I think that's one thing to keep in mind as we talk about this. Um, but if we think about this twelfth house kind of energy, uh, we're seeing an opposition to Jupiter, and one of the the decan that's associated with Jupiter three is the ten. The card is the Ten of Wands, and in it we see a figure that's carrying a burden. Um, he's got his head down as he's carrying this heavy load of ten, uh, ten wands. doesn't even look like he can really see where he's going, he's, but he's putting in a lot of effort, it looks like. So one of the, the dichotomies of this new moon cycle that we are in the middle of right now is what kind of new ideas, uh, communications, new commerce, uh, Mercury, the ruler of Gemini, um, is associated with commerce and communications and um, being able to contest things. So a lot of new, it asks, asks a lot of questions. So all of that type of uh, experience is coming up against the burden of reality, the Jupiterian energy that wants to expand and make things bigger. There may be this kind of feeling of things getting uh, a little bit out of control or, or the scale of it being either too fast or getting too big. Mercury likes things small, it likes dividing things into categories, where Jupiter likes to confirm things and bridge things together and say yes.
Okay, it's the greater benefic, and generally it's bringing good things into your life. But uh, you have to figure out how much is a of a good thing is is appropriate, and what other types of uh, things are too much too soon. Um, this planet Jupiter was said to have um, a quality of moisture and heat. It was life giving. It was life affirming, and when we have that quality, if a little bit of that can can be productive. If we have too much moisture and heat, we can start to grow mold. So you have to think about what you're trying to grow in your life this week. Um, as we move forward through the week, yesterday, see we had Mercury here at this 29th degree, uh, which led could have led to some glitches and whatnot. In my, I know in my life, I was making this particular video and uh, I thought it went great but then everything went haywire. Um, the, the audio was glitching, and I think the reason I've, I've thought about why this was happening, I had about a million tabs open on my internet browser and probably too many programs open on my computer, and my computer just kind of said, nope, can't handle all this. I'm going to uh, crap out here. And that is, uh, a friend pointed that out as I was um, <laughs> gently whining about the experience on Facebook. And... Uh, they were saying that hey, that's the that's the most Gemini thing ever. You had too many too many spinning plates in the air, and it just you know if you, you're trying to juggle too many things at once, it can all come crashing down to the ground. And I thought that was a really interesting manifestation of that. So today I've cleared the slate, hopefully cleared my mind a little bit, and uh, being a little bit more focused and trying to to bring things out in a clearer fashion with less less plates spinning. So we can see that that what was going on yesterday. Uh, Mercury also yesterday, if we go from an hourly perspective here, it ingressed or changed signs into the sign of cancer. And here we go around four o'clock or so. Now Mercury, you can see, is co-present with the moon, Mars, and Rahu, the north node in the sign of cancer. Now, one of the interesting things I've been studying uh, with uh, Adam Allenbos is, uh, you know, I've been taking his year one apprenticeship program um, at, from Nightlight Astrology, uh, studying traditional forms of astrology, Hellenistic and whatnot. Uh, and I've come across some lectures from Robert Schmidt from Project Hindsight. And one of the things I've been learning from that is kind of the, the signs as event matrices or the planets as abstractions manifesting their concrete significations through the birth channel of the sign. So now Mercury's energies of contesting, destabilizing, communication, commerce are having to go through the birth channel to concretize as Cancerian things. And, the, and that is the domicile of the moon. That's the temple of the moon. And the moon, of course, is associated with the public, with, uh, you know, in modern times, the emotions, um, the home, the family, the mother, maybe more domestic circumstances. So Mercury is working through that channel, and the moon is offering up her significations to Mercury to be concretized. So we may see uh, the, the combination of that is Mercury may tend to destabilize some things in the family. There may be some renegotiations that need to come up within that sphere, especially when it conjoins Mars. Those conversations may get a little bit heated. 
that's something to, to keep in mind this, uh, this week is to try to communicate in, a, in a, as direct a way as possible. Um, cancer is not known for being direct. I, you know, being a, a Mercury Sun Cancerian native myself, uh, there are times when we just want to kind of disappear and not necessarily confront things head on. It's a little bit uncomfortable because we're very sensitive to the emotions and the things that are unsaid in between it, the in-between liminal spaces of the conversation. Uh, if you ever have a intense conversation with your Cancerian placement friends, be aware that they are analyzing every little body movement that you are making, uh, every little uh, in-between um, facial expression, they're picking up on the, the aura or the essence, the emotional tone, the cloud of the room. And they aren't necessarily just focusing on the words that you are saying. They're focusing on the, you know, the context of it, the emotional context of it. And that can be frustrating at times because sometimes that can lead to some misunderstandings. Um, one of the things that I talked about yesterday that I'd like to revisit here are the, uh, the four agreements. Uh, one of them is don't make assumptions. Now, this was the Four Agreements are a, a, a it was a book by a man named Don Miguel Ruiz, who was a Toltec shaman, and he had a, a list of four kind of rules, I guess, or uh, ways of living to help you live a more effective life and, and you know things of that nature. And one of them was don't make assumptions. The next was. Um, uh, what were the other ones? Don't make assumptions. Always do your best, which is going to change from time to time. Um, use your word with integrity, the integrity of your word. And I don't remember, I forgot the last one uh, before as well, but we'll figure it out. But that's important, the integrity of your word. Don't use your word to speak against others. Uh, you know, try to... Um, be clear about what you what you mean, um, and if you're feeling confused, ask for clarification. A lot of the conflicts that we have come from just assuming what someone else is going to, what someone else is thinking, what someone else is feeling, and what someone else's intentions are. And I think the uh, possibility for misinterpreting some of those symbols, signals right now, is really is high with Cancerian energy because a lot of the times instead of directly confronting up an issue, we may tend to go through the back channels. We may ask uh, the friend of the person that we're having a conflict with what's going on. We may, uh, there's some uh, possibility for backbiting and things like that. So I, I would recommend trying to be as direct as you can, trying to um, really think about and, and clarify in, in this period of time. Okay, so that's what we've got for the mercury ingress into cancer. Uh, I compared this to singing underwater in my month ahead forecast with Adam because sometimes the, the, the thoughts have to go through a th like a thick layer of emotion before they can come out and be expressed. And this is going to color all of our expressions with um, emotional nostalgia we may uh, have things in the past that keep bubbling up in our, in our memories and our subconscious that are kind of, um, you know, informing the types of communications that we're going to have. So 
if you're another thing to keep in mind this week is if you're having a, an intense conversation, try not to load everything up from the past onto the conversation you're having about the present. That that can be another danger of this this type of energy is you know bringing up things that people had thought had been long resolved before. Um, the other thing that was happening yesterday that I wanted to actually today it's happening today if we move forward today is Mercury is making as we speak uh, its appearance as an evening star so what I'm going to show you here we're going to move the Sun back over to the horizon the eastern horizon okay and as the Sun is rising Mercury is going to be below the horizon. And if we move it over a few hours, when the sun is setting, you're going to see that Mercury will be visible in the western horizon uh, outside of the beams of the sun. There was a traditional technique called being under the beams where these, let me annotate this here for you. Um, on 15 degrees of either side of the sun, planets are pretty much invisible. You can see there's an area here that's just kind of blocked out, like the sun is shining so brightly that it's obscuring the visibility of these planets on each side of it, okay? And Mercury has been doing things kind of in, in secret behind those beams of the sun. And what we have going on today is uh, something called a phasis condition, where it's, it's an important point in the planetary cycle where one of the planets is making an appearance. Um, Bob Schmidt talked about omens as the appearances that speak. So we're going to see the appearance of Mercury today, or Hermes, coming out from under the beams and becoming visible. And this is important because some of the things that we've been working on in secret behind the scenes are going to start to come out into the open today. We're going to see that there's a 15-degree arc of distance between the sun and Mercury. And as the sun is setting, Mercury will be appearing. So that revelation today, there's going to be some kind of revelation, um, or there's a possibility for that. And it's important to, to try to see that within a, a greater context, um, to keep your calm around that if it's something that isn't necessarily um, pleasant. Um, we have Mercury co-present with a very challenging Mars right now. Mars is in the sign of its fall. That is a, con a planetary condition uh, based on its essential dignity. Essential dignity in traditional astrology is kind of the, the planetary placement within a sign. Um, and in Cancer, uh, that's the domicile of the moon. And the Mars and the moon have some sort of a bit of a contrary energy to them. So Mars isn't really very comfortable in the sign of cancer. Uh, he wants to cut. He wants to sever. He wants to burn. He wants to exert its will in a direct fashion. And the moon is, you know, fluffy. Moon wants to, to eat. It wants to bring things together. It wants to bond the family unit together. Uh, it wants to uh, nurture. And Mars within the nurturing temple is kind of, you know, creating some chaos every once in a while and, and kind of burning things up. Um, Mars can only be Mars. He's only going to be able to, to do his uh, abstractions and concretize things through his own nature. 
And this is a, a very volatile Mars right now. So when we have the co-presence or the conjunction in modern terms of Mercury and Mars, we may have some communications that start to heat up, that start to bubble or boil over. And with the moon here today too, the moon is a, a trigger for some of these things. Now, luckily the moon is in her own domicile and she's able to provide resources to both of these from a place of strength. So that may be a, a nice mitigating factor today. The moon is very comfortable. The moon is very uh, able to nurture both of these deities and say, okay, what do you need, Mercury? What do you need, Mars, to, to do your thing? And uh, that's something that is going to be a little bit helpful. One other thing I wanted to point out today is that Venus is going to be on a fixed star at 26 degrees Taurus called Algol. Okay. And Algol was said to be one of the most malefic or nasty fixed stars in the sky. Uh, fixed stars were in the, the planetary sphere, not planetary, the celestial sphere that was outside of the ring of the zodiac. So they were more distant. They were said to be a little bit more objective. There was less communication between them and the people on Earth. It was you had to kind of go through an intermediary to if you wanted to have any effect with the the fixed stars. They kind of just do their thing. And Algol was uh, said to be the head of Medusa. Uh, Medusa, you know, the, the Gorgon in Greek mythology that had snakes for hair, and her gaze was if you looked into her eyes, she would turn turn you to stone. Um, and she uh, famously lost her head in, uh, by the, the hero Perseus. So Perseus came in and on a, a heroic quest, separated her head from her body to be able to free um, Andromeda from Andromeda? Or was that the mother? No, the mother was Cassiopeia. Yeah, Andromeda. From, and, and help her escape from the Kraken, uh, the, 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 big, the big baddie in the sea. So one of the things associated with alcohol is kind of losing our head or kind of, uh, you know, going crazy or um, being very irrational. Uh, it can be very malefic. It can be used. I know that there are some uh, astrological magic pra practitioners that use that for protection. Um, but if it's just left to its own devices, it can create a little bit of, uh, of conflict and chaos. So that's something to, to be aware of today. Uh, that you, you want to try to not to lose your head if something is revealed that might not be uh, as um, pleasant as you, you might have hoped uh, and try to figure out how to, to navigate that with grace. Um, the good thing is, is that Venus is still in her own domicile. Um, she's in the uh, earthy sign of Taurus where she allows things to come to her. When Venus is in Taurus, she's you know, surrounded and adorned by beautiful things, by luscious, uh, you know, delicious meals. She's hanging out in the bathtub, you know, with her, with her candles and her fragrant incenses and able to relax and whatnot. And uh, we're going to see a shift this week too when Venus moves into Gemini, but we'll talk about that in a second. Um, okay, so that's what's going on today uh, on the 5th. So be careful of any revelations. Try to, try to keep, your, keep your cool, keep your head. This is part of a larger cycle that is going to be happening with Mars opposing Saturn and then Pluto over the next few weeks, all leading up to uh, a series of eclipses over the Cancer-Capricorn axis in the beginning of July. 
So one thing to keep in mind is that whatever is revealed is this is not the final answer. This is not the the last word that you're going to hear with this. And, you know, if you kind of get too worked up right away, you might not have the stamina that, that you need to, to, to navigate some of these more hostile waters as we go through the cycle. Um, think about it as the, the frog that's within the pot of boiling water. Sometimes he doesn't even realize he's getting you know, too hot until it's too late and, and the pot's boiling and he's already you know, in over his head and, and, and dead. So you're going to have to just keep an eye on your emotions and try to uh, express your Mars energies in a healthy way. Make sure that you're taking care of your body, that you're uh, eating properly, that you're maybe doing some exercise to get that energy out. Uh, try to channel it into the proper directions. That's a great way to, to handle Mars, Mercury things. Think about your words before you say them. Think about the effect that they're going to have on someone else and think about how loaded the emotional nature of those words and, and communications are going to be. Um, I think if my, my, <laughs> my dad used to tell me before, when I was a kid, think before you do. And I think I internalized that almost to a fault, but I think it's pretty apropos uh, for this week in particular is, is take a few minutes, take a few deep breaths before you maybe pop off about something and really consider the ramifications of your communications and actions on someone else. This is a, a week to start practicing empathy. And that's very important because, uh, you know, that can be hard to do in the moment, especially when we're feeling a little bit insecure, uh, when our security is at stake, when we may be coming up against um, a wall like Saturn and Pluto in the sign of Capricorn, we may be coming across a power that is stronger than us that we may have to submit to or surrender to or subordinate ourselves to. And that can be a really unrewarding moment sometimes. Um, in my month ahead forecast with Adam, uh, in our month ahead forecast, I described um, Mars and Cancer running up against Saturn as needing to pool, uh, water needs to pool when it comes across an obstruction like in a river, it needs to build up strength and build up strength and then gently spill around the sides. Uh, and I think that's a really great way to, to, to deal with the stuff that's going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. Pool your resources, get yourself in the best frame of mind that you can, and then gently spill around the obstacle. Water is going to wear things down over time. Um, it's a solvent. So we're going to have to have a kind of a, the energy of a solvent right now rather than the energy of a battering ram. Uh, you're going to have to wear that obstacle down patiently over time. Okay, so that's our Wednesday here. Let's go forward another day. And we're looking at Thursday. We're going to see the moon is going to be moving into the sign of Leo, probably giving us a little bit of an, a nice little break from some of that energy. And over the next two days, it's going to be making a nice trine to Jupiter in Sagittarius, a nice little fire trine there. And that's going to bring a little bit of a break. If something was coming up that was difficult on Wednesday, Thursday and Friday should be a little bit uh, more positive. Uh, the moon's going to be triggering, okay, that nice little uh, Jupiter energy. Um, we're also moving towards uh, an opposition between the sun and Jupiter that happens on 
uh, Monday. So there may be things where we're starting to see some of the scale starting to expand, and we're going to have to make some choices. We're going to have to figure out what, what stays and what goes. You have to figure out what, what, you, what really makes your heart sing and what really makes your, um, what you're really invested in enough to see through to completion. Uh, in our Nightlight Astrology class, Adam had a really great description of Gemini uh, where he talked about it as an ambitious sign. And because it is, it, it is based on the, the sun getting to its highest point, at the summer solstice, and it's still rising in the sky. It's still, uh, the days are still becoming longer. The light is still increasing. So even though we are in this in-between period, since Gemini is a, is a um, mutable and double-bodied sign that is, has the nature of both the springtime and the summertime coming in, uh, it still has a, a little bit of an ambitious nature towards its ideas and towards learning and towards, you know, those kind of mercurial significations. And the, the key is this. Um, once Gemini reaches its destination, once the sun reaches the summer solstice, it begins to descend. It begins, the, the days be, start to become shorter uh, the sun starts to fall in the sky. And one of the energies of that is possibly when you get what you want, you might change your mind and you might move on to something else. And that's been one of the common, uh, I don't know, modern complaints with Gemini placements is uh, a fickleness about changing your mind and, and uh, uh, when they get what they want, they may move on to something else. Now, there's a little bit of an astrological explanation for that type of energy. So, I think you have to be careful this, this month uh, to, to choose wisely and to figure out what of those things you're going to be able to sustain as this energy moves into the next cycle. Uh, so, that's Thursday and Friday here. Uh, on the 8th, okay, we can see that the moon moves into v uh, i'm sorry moves into virgo and venus is about to ingress or change signs into gemini so let's go forward one more hour here and we'll see that there we go we've got venus ingressing into the sign of gemini okay and the moon having what is called a mutual reception with the planet mercury so mutual reception is a, is a fun condition where each of the planets are in each other's temples. Think about you have a good friend and you are staying at their house and they are staying at your house. You're like, you've house swapped for, for the weekend and you have an open line of communication between them. So for example, the moon uh, is able to you know, figure ask Mercury where, where all the food is, where the snacks are. Um, you know, where the, the, you know, all the things that are going to make them comfortable, all the comfy blankets and pillows and Mercury's like, oh yeah, it's here in the closet. Yeah, go downstairs in the basement and you can get that. Uh, help yourself to whatever's in the fridge. Whereas, you know, Mercury being in the domicile of cancer, they're going to, you know, Mercury's like, okay, what's the Wi-Fi password? <laughs> the moon's like, um, fluffy teddy bear 72, uh, which sounds like a very um, Cancerian moon ruled Wi-Fi password. And that's what's going to make Mercury happy is, you know, being able to, to get, get into those communicative uh, endeavors. 
Uh, so there's going to be this nice window from Saturday over the weekend uh, where we're going to have a nice little communication between the two of those planets. Now, what, do you, what should we do with this? What should we do with this energy, this mutual reception? Well, when the moon is in the sign of Virgo, this is a great time to weed out some of the ideas and plans that may or may not be, be working. Uh, you may have had an influx of ideas and of plans and of commitments come up. I know for me personally, I'm working on balancing uh, the entire schedule of our household. And when you have a, a, a teenager in the house, they have their own you know, extracurricular activities, summer jobs, and things like that. And you have to make sure it's all on the calendar and you have to figure out how all the pieces are going to fit together. And this weekend could be a great moment for making those plans figuring out what stays and what goes and where everybody has to be because there's going to be this supportive communication between those two planets. Um, Venus, when she moves into the mer mercurial domicile of Gemini, is going to be relying now on Mercury for her resources. So right now, Mercury is trying to provide for Venus. Okay. Now the problem that we have when Mercury, I'm sorry, when Venus first ingresses into Gemini is that Merc Venus has a condition uh, in traditional astrology called peregrine. Venus is peregrine, which means it doesn't have any of the four essential dignities or kind of empowerments, which include dom domicile, uh, exaltation, um, triplicity, and being within its own bounds. So from June 8th to June 20th, Venus is kind of a wanderer. Uh, she, she may not have the, as much power to bring about her harmonious significations as she might when she goes into her own bound on June 20th. When she's in her own bound, or, or aka terms, she gets to set the agenda like a school teacher at a, at a middle school. So yeah, there's a principal. Uh, so Mercury may be the principal who's kind of the, the domicile ruler, but Venus becomes the teacher who gets to make the lesson plan within the classroom. So what does Venus and Gemini want? Uh, well, Venus, what does Venus want? Venus wants to harmonize. Venus wants to beautify. Venus wants to bring things together. And generally, Venus functions at its best when, it, when she lets things come to her. And when she's in Mercury's domicile, she may become more chatty, more conversational. Uh, she may be trying to beautify uh, the way that we uh, have our, our talks with people. She may be trying to bring harmony within things of commerce and within, you know, uh, interactions that we have on things like the internet within our, our, our local communities and things of that nature. Um, but the problem that she may have for the first couple of weeks is that she's not at her strongest. Though that those flattering conversations uh, may not may be falling on deaf ears in the first few weeks. Uh, you may be trying to create harmony, but the person that you're trying to create harmony with may not be uh, as receptive or ready to hear uh, your, your argument, I guess. Uh, and I mean argument in the, the most positive sense. So we'll have to be patient with the conversations that we have for the first couple weeks. 
Now, there's an, a little bit of an auspicious window for Mercury. Um, it does have some dignity by face or by decan starting on the 10th. And then it has dignity by its own terms from the 12th to the 16th. And we'll talk about that in the week ahead uh, for next week a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, one of the things to keep in mind this weekend is uh, try to weed out any of the, the challenging things that you're going to come across. Uh, the schedules, like the, the, uh, the Virgo energy is the harvest energy. So think about what stays and what goes. If you've had some great ideas that have come up, over the course of the week and at the, uh, that have been triggered at the new moon, okay? Uh, figure out which one of those you're going to keep, um, keep pursuing and which ones will practically, Virgo, bear the most fruit and which ones are worth uh, taking off of the vine and putting away into storage and, and, and accumulating for the, for the winter that will sustain you versus the things that that maybe, you know, have some spots on it or some mold on it that aren't worth pursuing. That's what this weekend, I think, is going to be all about. Um, take it easy today and try to, to have patience with the, all the, the Cancerian energy that may come up. Um, and yeah, go to, uh, go to my uh, pages and see if you can... Give me a like and a follow and all of those things. I'm going to try to be much more consistent with making these, um, these videos. And here, I'll share this one more time. So you can see here's the SpencerMichaud.com website, uh, the SoundCloud Spencer Michaud Astrology. Give me a follow there. And Spencer Michaud Astrology on Facebook. I'm trying to get more consistent with producing content. Uh, I had a little bit of a setback yesterday, but I'm trying to get back on the horse today. And I think that's one of the things that I would recommend for any of you who are uh, trying to make content and, and be consistent with your offerings. You're going to have setbacks. And like uh, Cancerian, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Balboa, you've got to pick yourself up, up off the mat every once in a while. Um, get back on the horse and, and keep fighting, right? Uh, you can't give up so easily. One of the hallmarks of uh, and positive traits of Cancerian placements is a tenacity. And it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect right away. Um, but it means that if you keep trying and you don't give up, eventually you might find some success. And I think that that's, uh, that's what I'm going to leave you with today. So, so keep on trying. Uh, try to pool your resources and, and have patience when you come across an obstacle and keep shining your light out there. The, the world needs what you, what you have to offer. So I hope that's helpful for you today. And I'm looking forward to seeing you on a more regular basis. Uh, make sure uh, to check out the Great Lakes Astrology Conference as well. I'm going to be giving a talk there uh, starting June, June 27th through the July 1st. And we're talking about how to uh, do, do more social media for astrologers and how to get your, your voice out there onto the etherwebs and whatnot. Um, and I hope you have a great day. So I will talk to you soon. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.